Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory. I'm ASD. I'm Jack. I'm Rob. And just when you thought it couldn't be a bigger shit show, then we go and play Bournemouth, we boo our own team. Our captain comes out and tells us that our fans are shit. We've got, we haven't got any managers in any part of the club. Everyone hates each other and the, the fans are all turning in on each other. The only things that are keeping me going are Arsenal dropping points, Chelsea being rubbish, West Ham in decline, all of this stuff. So where on earth do we start? It feels like we talk about the same stuff every week in, in terms of the bigger picture, but all the detail, all the miserable details are coming out differently. So let's talk. Let's talk about the game, first of all. Bournemouth, uh, we lost. Why did we lose, Jack? Um, well, firstly, I was there on Saturday. So I've, I've been at the last two games. Um, the, the atmosphere, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, is, is something else at the minute. Um, we started the game, I thought, really, really well. First 15 minutes, we come out the blocks flying, pressed them. Like there was a lot of intensity to our game with and without the ball. Got a deserved lead. That was after about 15 minutes. And you sat there thinking, God, I'll tell you what, we need to get the second and third here and kill them off. And um, to answer your question, Gary O'Neill on the sideline was the difference. And the quality in coaching and tactical flexibility was so apparent, the most apparent I've ever seen at a Premier League game of football. Because as soon as that first goal went in, he got his coaching staff around him and they made a couple of really what would appear minor tactical tweaks. He dropped Billing in from the left into the middle. They played a box midfield when they had the ball. And he just, he adapted to what was going on. He showed really great flexibility. And from that point, I thought for about 45, 50 minutes, Bournemouth had complete control of the game. They were 2-1 up. We would, and we were just being completely reactive. Um, credit to Stellini where it's due. He did then completely roll the dice and we went for it at 2-1. And he went to a back four and all of that. And we got a deserved equaliser. But for me, like he's just he's so out of his depth. The whole Spurs coaching staff are so out of their depth. They got absolutely schooled by Bournemouth on the sidelines. And it was so apparent to me. We got away with it against Brighton last week, where, again, tactically, how we won that Brighton game, honestly, I don't know. If, we, if we'd have lost 3-1, we, we could not have moaned about that. We got some very fortunate referee and VAR decisions. But again, Brighton set up and we just we don't respond or react in the game. And that's the coaching staff, the players like they just keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And if we're being completely honest, we are better than Bournemouth in every single position like we are. Like taking out form and all of that, you would not have any of those Bournemouth players over the Spurs players. But their manager was able to find a way to give them numerical superiority in certain parts of the pitch and they killed us they absolutely killed us in that second half um and for us to be saying that you know we've been battered by a side fighting relegation i know you're probably going to chuck the xg stats at me and we created a lot of opportunities in the second half but ultimately like the game was won and lost on the sideline and we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and we're just expecting to get a different type of outcome um, so it was just it was so apparent to me that really that the people that are on the sidelines have no real idea what they're doing. They're just putting the same side out, their same the same lack of tactics every week. Um, 
So for me, it's just sort of like I'm just going to try and ride the wave till the end of the season with very, very minimal expectations. Um, but bear in mind, Gary O'Neill was brought in at Bournemouth midway through this season. He's never managed before. Yes, he's been around top level football, but like this is his first managerial job and it's completely schooling coaches that have been working, do you know what I mean, at the highest level for the last decade. And it's like that, that I, I cannot get my head around. So for me, it was just, it was, it was tactically and he's probably, he was proactive, Gary O'Neill, with his changes in terms of personnel and tactics. And we just, we just don't do that. We wait until we're 2-1 down with 20 minutes to go before we do anything. That's my that's my little Stellini rant over. He's out of his depth. He, he shouldn't be there, ultimately, for me. Why is he there? Is it just purely because he's got more experience than Mason? Maybe. I, I, I still don't understand why you, why you get rid of a manager and you keep all the backroom. Like, nothing's going to... When has that when has that ever worked? Like, the only other time I can remember when it happened is Mick McCarthy got sacked at Wolves years ago and they kept his assistant on and they went down. And it's like... Well, of course they did, because it's like it's the same thing over and over and over. Um, I actually I felt quite embarrassed after I left the game, not because we've lost to Bournemouth, but like you just look at the state of it, the state of us. We haven't got a manager. Like what? Like what team? Well, who does that? Like who sacks their manager and then says, oh, you know what, your assistant, you, you, you just take over. Like it's completely brain dead. It's crazy, isn't it? And we, we can't forget, we were up without a manager for five months a year and a half ago. Exactly. And, and, they, ended up, and they ended up getting Nuno. Yeah. It's just the decisions that are being made on the pitch, off the pitch at the minute, it's just like, you're like, my word, what is going on? And like I said, I've been at the last two games and it's taken me 10 minutes to watch the setup of a team. And you can see... You could see what Brighton did. Bournemouth played exactly the same way with a boxing midfield to give them a 4v2. And we do nothing to respond to it. Like, it, it, I cannot get my head around it. And the three centre-halves, I actually think Longley, until he, he obviously went off injured, I thought he had quite a good game. I thought he played quite well against Brighton. Dyer and Romero against Bournemouth were a, were a disgrace. They were an absolute disgrace, both of them. Like, Solanke was bossing them. And nothing against Solanke, but he's hardly a world beater, you know, and he t- absolutely tore him a new one. And you think, come on, like, there's just, you know, there's there, there's so many, there's so many issues. And I'm sure we'll talk about Sanchez and Porro in a minute, but just tactically, I'm like, I'm just standing there watching it. But it would be like throwing me in charge at the minute. That's what it feels like, that it's someone that hasn't really got a clue what they're doing. And they're just putting the best players they can pick out there and hoping that they do something. Rob, you've been going to a lot of games. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I was there um, <clears throat> yesterday as well, Jack. So at least um, I know that you feel my pain. <laughs> um, welcome. Uh, it's, um, I, I don't even know where to start, really. I mean, I'm just so thoroughly fed up with the whole thing. To your point, Jack, I completely, like, everything that you just said, I completely agree with. It's almost like I, I want there to be something going on at that club. You know, are they selling it? Is it sold already? And the transactions waiting to be happening? I don't think that's happening, by the way. I mean, who knows? But it's that, like surely there's something going on there because it's so amateur and insipid and broken that it it you almost can't believe that people that earn that much money that have been in the game this long that allegedly know what they're doing running a massive business like that 
could possibly allow this to be going on if there wasn't something else happening. But yet, I don't think there is anything else happening. I think they're just allowing this to go on. They just want the season over and done with. Yeah. I mean, so as I sort of think through the list, firstly, the tactics have been like that for six months. They never change. They finally went to a back four this, this, in, in this game in the second half when they basically just were completely strategyless. It was just like run around and try and try and try and score a goal. It's the first time I've seen them do that. Well, I, I don't know. This season, I think. I can't remember. But I don't think I've seen them do that before. So they finally changed their tactics. But if you look at the team and you look at the bench and you look at who they've got available, like what choice do they have other than to play the way that they play? They've got five players that are basically all the same. And so they can't suddenly say, right, do you know what? We're going to react to that box midfield. And we're going to bring someone else in and we're going to put our foot on the ball. They've got nobody with the ability, I don't think, other than maybe Saar and he's, they don't want to give him a game. And it wouldn't have worked because we were behind yesterday. They've got nobody with the ability to do that in the team. It's a disgrace. How can we be in that position? And I know we've got injuries, but none of the injured players, maybe other than Benton Kirk, could do that either. Secondly, we've gone and spent six weeks slash six months hunting down a fullback in Porro who bl- clearly and blatantly cannot defend and cannot play in this league at this level. He can't defend. And if you can't defend, you can't be a fullback in the Premier League because you get schooled by Bournemouth. And he was schooled yesterday. And Sanchez en- ended up being treated, in my opinion, disgracefully yesterday and I know we're going to talk about that but actually like I think it's his second start since October and he's got Porro backing him up like the the kid had no chance no chance he might as well have had me playing fullback I'm a fat 46 year old idiot and this guy is great going forward his right foot puts in an amazing cross he cannot defend he can't and it, it's it's just it's just unacceptable. We've got no manager in the men's team, no manager in the women's team. Our managing director of football is presumably about to be banned. They haven't appointed anybody. I don't think they wanted to get rid of Conti. That's why Stellini's still there. They sort of had no choice to get rid of Conti. So they thought, well, just there's just no ambition in the whole thing. And then as a final part of my rant. The whole thing is just insipidly broken. So the fans clearly can't stand the players at the moment because they're not trying hard enough. And I don't know about you, Jack, yesterday, but in the game, I thought basically at least eight or nine of the players just went missing in the second half. They didn't want the ball. It was unbelievable. Like, I'm, I'm used to watching Tottenham teams when they're behind going, like, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. Kane, Hoiberg, um, um, uh, Perisic, uh, Sun was the only one in spells in the second half that dropped deep. He was like, give me the ball. Nobody else was doing that, honestly. Uh, and Dan Juma did it when he came on. Yeah. He did it. Um, and then he looked pretty good, actually, going forward. Yeah, I, I think I think so. I'm not sure they trust him defensively, to be honest, but he looked pretty good going forward. But, um, but, but the fans have had enough of the team. They're not trying hard enough, and they keep, you know, they they just they just don't put their shoulder in anymore. The players clearly have had enough of the fans, and aren't playing for them. 
aren't playing for the management team, aren't playing for the club either. They've had enough. The club have clearly had enough with the whole thing. So that, it just feels like, what what are we doing? I just don't know what, I don't know. I, I left early Saturday. I took my son. I left early. I missed the 2-2. I didn't care. Like, I'm just, I, I, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I did that. I'm just sick of it. Ran over. Can I just say as well, the other thing that, that, that just going back to the tactics that baffles me is, and this happens every single game, is we're always a midfield two against the midfield three. Every single game, right? It's guaranteed. And what always happens is our central midfielders lock onto their deep midfielders as a 2v2 and the 10 floats. So our midfield end up getting played around. The easy tactical adjustment is, say, to a centre-back, lock onto that 10, you go into midfield. That's how you make that's the point of a back three is that they step in. And what always happens is our three centre halves are too scared to step into midfield. So then our centre midfielders retreat and pinned in. And it like I, I just cannot understand how they're not addressing that situation. Like if you like just say to Romero, surely that suits Romero's game, having the freedom and the licence to go and do that. Um so I, I just I can't understand it. Um Sanchez, let's talk about that. First, he had an absolute stinker. But when you're coming onto a football pitch and you're being booed as you're running on, you're not going to play well. It's like it's as simple as that. It'd be like turning up to work in our jobs and straight away there's someone on you. It's like well, you're not going to have a good day, then are you? Like it's it's not possible. Um, he did. He's he not did fit have a stinker. Either, is he? He's not fit, Jack. Uh, he's, I mean, he might be physically fit, but he's not match fit. He hasn't played. I, I just I I, di- I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like. The other thing as well is they clearly don't trust Sanchez because he's coming on to replace Longley and they put Romero on the left of the three and Sanchez on the right. So yeah. straight away you're thinking, well, they don't they don't trust him in that area. Um, Romero didn't cover himself in any glory anyway. Um, but Sanchez and Porro, my words, like you've just you basically those, those two players there line up like that. Neither of them can have the ball. Like they, they just they can't take the ball whatsoever. And if you look at the Bournemouth equaliser, it is literally a. Dyer firstly plays a ball behind Sanchez when it's like, again, we should be passing forward or trying to go forward. We're going, we're on the edge of our box and we're going backwards. Sanchez miscontrols it, zips it into Porra, and and five seconds later, it's 1-1. And you're just like, my word, that is like three or four horrendous choices we've made. Why on earth have we, I don't know why we try and play out from the back. We do not have the players to do it. Like if you look at our three centre-halves, none of them are good enough to be able to consistently play out from the back. Romero's probably the only one, but he's so hit and miss. And as soon as Longley went off, we lost any kind of composure on the ball. I mean, what does that tell you? Longley's not even that great. And we completely lost that composure when he went off. We've, when we've had Forster in goal, we have not played out from the back. We've literally, goal kicks, most of the time we've gone, you know what, we're going to go long. And it's not pretty football at all. And we're going to play off second balls. We've had so much more success doing that in the last four or five weeks um, than what we have. We just put ourselves under so much pressure. It doesn't always lead to a goal, but in the stadium, you can feel it. As soon as we play short, like the fans are just like, we can't do this. And you're just bringing other teams into the game so much. Like we're, we're victims of our own downfall pretty much but every single the, time. The, the team don't trust the, the back. The back uh, not at well. all. Six. They don't. The, the team. The team blatantly don't trust the back six. That's why every single time they score, they drop so deep. They did it again yesterday against Bournemouth. I mean, 
you know, it, it, at this level, and one thing that I, I think it is worth saying is that if you take Man City and Liverpool, well, no, Liverpool have had a bad season. Let me rephrase that. If you take Man City, Arsenal, and maybe Man United and put them to one side, like the middle of the league is massively condensing. Yeah. It's not four or five teams in the middle of the league anymore. It's maybe 10 teams in the middle of the league now. And other teams have caught us up in the last 18 months. No doubt about that. Yeah. And and so it's much, 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 much tighter there. And you can't get away with just sitting back and defending a lead at this level with that defence anymore. We've got one of the worst defences in the league. Yeah. I'm not sure that's the case, Rob, because I, I see what you mean. I just think we've dropped levels, right? Because you go, it's it's easier to get up the the ladder with a couple of better players. But then as soon as you start entering seven, six, fifth, fourth, gaining those extra places takes a lot of extra work. It needs a manager who's on it, fans are on it, and players who are playing in the right position and who are told to do the right things. And we just are not. Like, I'm looking at the lineup from yesterday. Lloris is being asked to play from the back. Is he the best distributor of the ball? Some stats say he is. Most people would say he's not. Romero's in the right place. Dyer is in the middle of a three because he can't defend and he's not a very good midfielder, really. He's just a bit of a lump who's an all-rounder. They want to give him a new contract, apparently, I read today. Another three I, years. I've been what hearing the rumours that they've given him a new deal, but they're not announcing it. Like, I do, like every, everyone that's ever listened to this podcast spoke to me. Like, I like Eric Dyer's like character. I like, I've always liked that about yeah. him. He seems to have a bit about him. He's not good enough. He's not good enough to be playing. He's been at the club long enough that, like, if it, I think I've always said this, if he's starting centre back for 30, 35 league games, like, you'll you'll be at best, at absolute best, a team challenging for top four. You're that's not going to be anything more than that, that's and it. that's at absolute best. Our back four. I I made the mistake of listening to the five live coverage of the IX, the goals from the IX game, and it was Trippier and Rose and Supian and Toby, I think. And maybe Sanchez was in there at some point. But those four, four people in the right place doing the right things. And they were very, very, very good. Trippier was a brilliant fullback. We should never have got rid of him. Danny Rose at that point, still pretty good. Mm. And Toby and Supian, rocks. Best centre-backs I've ever seen. Best centre-back partnership. And it's worth saying, and I'll come on to this, Supian and Sanchez had a great partnership going in 16, 17. But let's come back to that. Have a look then at Porro. Brand new to the league, being played with shit players, out of position, he's been exposed. Hoiberg is in the right place, but he's been asked to bridge the gap from deep. He's been asked to defend and be the connecting, basically a number 10. Skip is doing an okay job. Perisic is massively out of position, and he's dragging Son out of position with him. Good stuff, he's gone off the boil since he was injured. And then Kane has to do basically overperform on his next streak. Very few of the players are in the position doing what they should be, and most of the players aren't good enough to be top four players. So no wonder we're in the wrong place. I was thinking about Delhi because the news about Delhi, how he's never going to play again for the Turkish team. He's going to go back to Everton. They want to cancel his contract. He could be without a club this summer. And that's devastating because you go, when he was playing for us and he was firing all cylinders, it was just perfectly set up for him, right? Every Everything was right. You had Sun buzzing around, Ericsson buzzing around, Kane just sticking up the top and Delhi could just make his long runs and just do what he did. And he was brilliant. And he, we, we played the perfect game for him. Now you have a look at Sun, who's just suddenly getting back into form. Now Conte's gone because he's been allowed to do what he's best at doing. He's been played, give or take in the right position. 
I mean, he had some lovely runs yesterday, like you were talking about. He may be the best counter-attacking forwards going, but we're just playing all of these players in the wrong position, and it kills me to see it. And it just seems so obvious. Like, why why aren't we playing Richarlison more? What if Kudzewski's not playing well, play Richarlison? Like, rotate it up. You see his miss, Richarlison. That is well, one of, that, that's Darren Bent territory. That I could not... It's but, terrible. That, how, how you, like... How can you just not score that? You're three, four yards out. Like that wins it. Like he hasn't got many minutes for Charleston, but like for sixty odd million, like he hasn't scored a goal. Like it's been a horrendous signing. It really yeah, has. He might we can't he, write him off yet. He hasn't played. I'm not, I'm not writing him off, but to have not scored a goal for sixty million is just He's gonna he's gonna play next year, and he that that, that 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 I can't believe that front three. We're still going to be that front three next year. At least one of them's not going to be there next year. No. Let's, the, can we the, talk about... Can I, can I just quickly say, just on Dan Juma, the other most baffling thing in the world is, why has why is he not been given the minutes Lucas Moore has had? Right? I'm not saying that he's an amazing... I thought he played really well against Bournemouth at the weekend when he came on. He brought energy. He pressed. Took his goal really well. He's, he was quite unpredictable. Like He'd get the ball and you're like, I've no idea what he's going to do, but he would always try something in the final third. And he's like, he, he brought intensity to our game. And I'm not saying he, like, I'm not saying he's the best player in the world or anything like that, but like, we don't know what he is because he hasn't been given any time. And the games he has played, he's got a couple of goals in. And like, I just, I can't understand like why Everton was more put on and Dan Juma wasn't. Like the cup tie that we went out to, again, more started that. Like, I, that is one of the most the most baffling things I've ever heard. You've got a player in January, the club announces is going, and you keep playing them. And you brought someone in on loan, and he's just sat on the bench the whole time. And he's he actually Crazy, looks quite he looks decent, Dan Juma. Like he looks like a bit of a wild card, and maybe not going to get the consistency, but it's something a bit different at least. I cannot get my head around that at all. It's a bit like you said, Rob. There just doesn't seem to be an identity. There doesn't. That is our biggest problem. There's no identity. There's no ambition. We're not positive. It's just very dull. We need to talk about Sanchez being booed. I mean, yeah. I've never booed one of our own, I don't think. No. I've I moaned. Was, I've moaned. Criticised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard some I had some pretty vile things when um Adebayo and Gallas came to the club from our own fans, whispered under breath. Some really horrible things. Which I don't agree with how it was said, but you understand the sentiment. But you don't boo your own player. What what is the role of the fan there? Like surely, like you say, Jake, like you've never seen a great victory for Spurs or a great comeback, and it started off with a boo. You never saw it. So what 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 were they thinking? And I get they're angry at the club, they're angry at Levy, they're angry that the last five years has been a massive waste of time. Really, yeah. nothing's happened. That sums it up absolutely perfectly. Yeah. Like it really does. What is there to and remember? San- and Sa- Sa- Sanchez getting booed. I don't think it was obviously his performance stunk when he came on, but as I said earlier, you know, A he had Poro alongside him, so he's under massive pressure already, and B's not fit. I think it's his second start since October or something. So he wasn't he's not in any way ready to come into that situation. Why on earth didn't they go to a back four? Because they haven't got anyone fit to come in and play. But the reaction towards him, I think, is just the boil over of the fans and the supporters feeling towards like how we somehow find ourselves in this situation, his performance and he, unfortunately, because of his longevity and 
the length of time yeah. those un, unpredictable and poor performances have been happening it sums up how people feel about the ownership of the club that that's our ambition and how can it be him and and it, it I, I really felt for him because it was just dumped upon him that emotion was dumped upon him I don't think it was particularly necessarily about him or necessarily about his performance I just think that he encapsulated in that moment what we all think about the ambition that's been levelled at that football club over the last three years mm. I it just was really felt, I, cool. I, I just felt I really felt for him like I'm, yeah. I've never been I've never been a Sanchez fan but no. any any player that steps on the pitch with a Spurs shirt on, I back them and I want them to do well, love them or hate them. And it's like you just like you, as a fan, you've got to get behind your team. Like, what is that going to do? Like, you know, I just I can I, I'll be honest as well. I've got a real what's really, really not sitting right with me is that you could boo 75 percent of the squad at the moment. Right. No one yeah. apart from probably Kane has really played that well this year. And the only two players that have been booed are Sanchez and Emerson. And it's just it it just not sitting it doesn't sit right with me like you could they, they you could pick on anybody why are those like they, those two haven't played significantly worse than and I could reel a list of names off so I'm like I don't know why the abuse is just being directed at mainly at those two it just it don't sit right with me at all I think we've got He's, a bit of form for it haven't we like when Kane didn't go to City like the first couple of months after that he was getting booed wasn't he and he was getting a bit of grief when he wasn't scoring and. It's just like what on earth is uh, yeah like I don't know why it's getting levelled at them. Um, I hope that it's not for reasons that are uncomfortable. Mm. To be honest. Yeah, I'm not sure it's I'm not sure there's a racial element if that that's what the mm. suggestion is. I'm, I it doesn't feel like that for me. But there is a maybe maybe I'm being ignorant there. He's he's 26. Like he's 26. That's a young man who's doing his best, and like you say, he's just not fit. I I think the fans have got to see, got to understand how they're contributing to what's happening on the pitch. I know there's a point about the lack of ambition. You should be booing Levy and that sort of stuff, but boo the whole, boo all of them, or don't boo one of them. You know, it, that that's the way it's got to be. Rob, the atmosphere made... is so toxic though, ASD in the stadium. Like it's mm, bad. You know, even even at one nil up, there's we won't leave you out. Like we're winning. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I understand it a bit more when you, if you're getting hammered at home or something like that, that people might, you know, but like, even when we're in front, people are chanting, we won't leave you out. Like it's, it's not a great place to be. Like it, it's a tough environment to go and play football in, mm. I think at the moment. And you know, these players, it's, it's quite obvious why they're not playing well. Like who is going to play well in front of all of that at the minute? And it, it, the, the, I mean, it wasn't constant through the game, but at one point, two thirds of the stadium was singing for Pochettino. Yeah. Which, it's not helpful, is, is you know, doesn't seem to me like he's going there. Seems pretty obvious he's not going. So, yeah. but what? Every, every time we go on a bad run, are we gonna we're gonna sing for him to come back? I mean, well, what are we gonna sing know? if he comes back and we're still playing poorly? Yeah. <laughs> Stellini. Yeah, I've seen from Mourinho. Yeah. <laughs> Just gonna check the odds now. Vincent Company, I think, isn't it? Just a, the, the favourite. Yeah, he is. He is. What, what are you, ASD, I feel like that's the top of the point you, you'd get behind. I'd get behind it. That's exactly what we need, isn't it? That sort of young manager, but who's a bit... I'm going to use the word pragmatic. Yeah, I told you a few weeks ago, didn't I, about how it annoys me how pragmatic means defensive, whereas what it should mean is react to the situation, and that's exactly not what 
like saying Conte is a pragmatic manager doesn't make sense because or Stellini because he was just he has one style of play and it is defensive whereas he wasn't pragmatic with the situation that we were in with the players that we had um if I'm having a look at the the list company Pochettino five to one uh, company's about three to one Pochettino's five to one Brendan's at four to one I would no. I can't do Brendan no now, Nagelsmann's now at nine to one. I bet he goes to Chelsea. Arne Slot is the one that everyone's talking about. And then are, so Burn, are Burnley already promoted? Yeah. Yes, they got promoted automatically. On... Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if companies there before the end of the season. You reckon? Buy them out. I think they've got to do something. I don't think we can play another four games like that. No, I'd, but like, do you think he'd want to leave? Well, they're not champions though, are they yet? Are they, no. That's what I mean. Are they champ- that, that was my point. No, Are they no, champions? no, no, they're up. They're up, but they're not champions. Okay. Do you, you think? Want... Do you think, right, that Spurs? If we try and take a Spurs bias out of it, do you think that Spurs is an attractive job for no. someone like him, though? No, because it you, depends. There's two clubs which have got um, complete cop shows at the back uh, in the background, but one of them has got shitloads more money and better players, and that's Chelsea, right? Why wouldn't you go to Chelsea over Spurs? Like, really, why? But if you're company, you're probably not going to get offered the Chelsea job, are you? So, like, are you... What I guess what my question is, if he, he's going to be in the Premier League next year with Burnley, does he does he leave and come to Spurs? Or is there actually a conversation to be had that he's better off sticking where he is and trying to keep Burnley up and trying to hold out long enough for another bigger job that's not going to result in inevitable failure? Because I was talking to my dad about it earlier and I was saying to him, I was like, I just feel like at the minute, the Spurs job, you can't really succeed. You've got to come in. You have to come in and win something. And if you don't, in that second season, people are already going to be like, oh, you know, can this can this person do it? I think it's less winning something because there's no history of that to, to step up think? to it. Oh, God, yeah. I think it's more giving us an identity and attacking identity with a bit of balls about it or... I, th- I think that's what we want. It's back to basics of what we want as Spurs fans. That's what we're question. We all know what we want. We can accept not winning stuff. We don't want to win stuff, but I'd rather be fourth and playing well, really. If, just he hasn't got, up, if he hasn't got other offers, there's no way he doesn't take that job. It's a massive job. It's a much more attractive job than most other jobs in the league. There are more attractive jobs in the league than that one, but um, it's broken. It needs a total reset. It needs at least five new players. So if they agree, if they believe that that's what they need to do, if they believe they need a total reset, if they are actually committed to getting after it, then yeah, I think anyone would take that job. So I think you'll, I think you'll take it in a heartbeat. I, I suspect he already has. Mm, that's enough. why I wondered if they just get him in. I, I think it's a massive. Obviously, it's a massive job. job. It's a massive job, and you have a look at what Guardiola's done. Like Xavi, he's doing amazingly well at Barcelona. Companies doing amazingly well. There's another one, isn't there? Uh, it was top of his league. Ooh. In the background, though, he's, he felt yeah, Anderlecht wasn't brilliant, was it for him? He didn't have a great time there. No, it all went it all went a bit pear shaped to Anderlecht for reasons that I can't quite work out. All right, he's done, brilliant, he's done brilliantly at Burnley, but what we have to, to do reset. is stop getting extra defensively minded ex-Chelsea managers like stubborn ex-Chelsea celebrities. Could end up with Graham Potter. I was telling you. I'm well, telling you. I'm not Tuchel anymore. 
I'm quite happy we didn't get two cool. I'm sure he would have done a good job for us, but it doesn't feel right. No, it's not the right. It's not. It just doesn't go, does it? One, um, one, one. I guess for me anyway, final part on all of this is that if unless they make a commitment to change the the, the players and get a different profile of player so that they can play different systems as a team, it don't matter where they get in. Because they'll if they if they start in August with that same eleven, albeit Benton Kerr back for skip and whatever, it don't matter who they get in, they're gonna play three at the back. Oh, it has to change. Gary, I'm Hugo's gonna go. I, I, of course, but I'm just saying that if they don't make those investments in the team, I I don't I that's the way they have to play. That's the profile of player that they've got. Yeah. It doesn't matter who they hire. Well, this is true. I, I do think there is a, like, you've got a doggy coming in. Like, if we get Saar playing properly, even Sessignon, new goal, we'll have to have a new goalkeeper. We need a number 10. Richarlison's in there. Kudasovsky somehow gets back to form. Perisic has to go. I'm not his biggest fan. I respect what he what he does as a play. He just doesn't, he does, we don't play him right. Or we play him. The problem is we, he needs to play where Sun plays and he's never going to get in ahead of Sun, right? Why are you playing a 34, 35-year-old at wing back where you've got to do the most running? Right. It, like, it, you know, I actually thought he had a quality game at the weekend though. Like, um, because he, he he played for, he played as a winger, not as a, not as a defender. He's a great player. Like he, he just can't get back. Yeah, but yeah, we've spoken about Perisic a few times, haven't we? Like he ha- he has to be in a more attack-minded position. Like well, he has yeah. to be. But imagine we played Basuma in the position we bought him from. You know, this really dynamic ball-winning. Like he was top of all the stats when we bought him, and he just—I know he's injured, and we, we don't know when he's going to be back. But he's going to be incredible when we get it back. So I think they just—we need to have a, a change of profile, like you're saying. But that that it's there. The heart of it is there. We just don't seem to have the stones to push them forward what type know. of what type of style would are you looking for next season so just out of curiosity because obviously at the minute it's very reactive you know defensive style football like what do you do you want to see a, a you know ball playing team do you want a high press like you know is there a certain thing that you're looking for honestly that there's very there's it's some very small things um it's one thing you always talk about about just putting in the effort there just seems to be a thing i just i just want to see intensity i want to see them look like they care i want to look like they never know when they're beaten you know and i want a number 10 or or a player that's behind the striker and in front of defensive midfielders and i don't want to play three at the back it or if we're going to play three at the back just in a more flexible way do you know what i mean it's it's just Mm. That that midfield kills me because, like you say, we just overrun time and time and time again. I would love, to, weirdly, to watch our Spurs play against our Spurs. Like Pochettino Spurs would tear this Spurs to shreds. It would be embarrassing. Can you imagine this current team against AVB's team? What a game that would be! Just two teams playing it along the back, playing along the back, back to the keeper. Soldado. It'd be one nil yeah. to the AVB eleven with a Soldado penalty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's no. not forget Paulinho, Brazilian Barcelona legend, was at the heart of that team. Unbelievable. Do you know what? Do you know what I want to see? Whoever comes in, I want to see our team have an air of arrogance and bottle when they step on the pitch. And I don't mean going and fighting people. I want to see players that are dem- give me the ball. 
that's what I want to say. I want to see midfielders and fullback and everyone wanting being happy to take the ball in tough areas and try and play forward. And that that the confidence and I don't care too much about systems and all of that. Like I want to see a team that are trying to play forward. You can't do it every time, don't you? But but that's what I'm looking for. You think back about the teams that we've loved at Spurs over the years. They've had the arrogant players that just say, I don't care what's going on, give me the ball. And that takes a certain amount of bottle and confidence that, I mean, they're all so shot to pieces at the minute. Um, our best centre midfielder at the weekend was when Kane went there for the last 15 minutes. And like he actually went and got the ball and started playing. The problem was he had no one to pass to. That was the biggest issue. But he went in there for 10 minutes. He's probably never played there in his life. And he created four or five opportunities just from getting the ball turning. Madness. He wanted the ball, didn't he? He wanted the ball. Yeah. He was saying, give me the ball. I think if the rumours are to be believed, and he would fit the profile of what you're describing, they're going to try and sign Madison, aren't they? Although... Oh, come on. I, I, I would love that. Is it, mm. it If you had to make a 1-11 to 11 of one single player, so if you had to have 1-11 to 11 of Harry Kane's, is that the best team? Because I, th- I think Gareth Bales, 1-11 to 11, Gareth Bales would still beat 1-11 to 11 Harry Kane's. That's such a great question. Anyone else? I'd love to see a 1-11 to 11 of the Tongans versus Alderweireld's. That would yeah. be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> or like a 1-11 to 11 of Carl Walker, which would just be absolutely rapid players giving the ball away and then sprinting and getting it back. Like ice skating. 11 Aaron Lennons. Yeah. The worst, I think 11 Ericsons would be dreadful. Yeah. Just not wanting to get involved in any anything physical. Just avoiding all. Imagine the back four of Christian Ericsons. I'm just trying to think of like, a, you've got, you'd have to have a centre midfield, wouldn't you? But like, we've never really had a midfielder that can do everything before you. Genius. Really. Genius. Been, oh my God. Genius. Yeah, yeah. Box, who, box. Who put a picture of himself up in the all-white Champions League kit, didn't he? To God. try to demonstrate that he... Yeah. He had, the, he had the credentials to talk about our prowess in the Champions League. I'd like to see 11 Peter Crouches for 11 Jermaine Defoe's. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> That'd be incredible. God, That'd imagine a 1-11 to of Moussa Dembele. Like you would never, ever, ever get the ball. Or nil, get nil. Never, the, get the ball. Nil, nil. never get the ball. Never get the ball back. Never score. But you wouldn't it'd be 0-0 though, wouldn't it? 0-0. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, the ultimate game would be a 1-11 to to Gomez. Can you imagine... Long throws would be a weapon in that game. God, it's got so many ideas. We had a goalkeeper that couldn't kick the ball. He used to throw it into the opposition's half. Yeah, Yeah, but what a throw. (laughs) Christ, what a club. I I just keep off. I go 1 to 11. Kirikes is amazing. I'll tell you what, 1 to 11. Ledley King would be a good, that'd be a half decent side. Would it? That'd be okay, yeah, because he's got a goal on him from a set play. If you can't make 11 substitutions on 60 minutes. <laughs> um, oh, God. Uh, at least there isn't two games, two games a week. We have got Newcastle and Man United, then Liverpool. Next. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a great record at Anfield as well, don't we? I can't wait for that game. <laughs> You've got to laugh, haven't you? We're away, this could be the end of the season right here at the next week. So uh, luckily we've... after that, after that, we've got Palace who are absolutely flying and then Villa who are absolutely flying. <laughs> the next five games are not good. Right. So we, we're through. I've, 
oh god so i've been in cornwall all week right i've been in a house called araventum it's outside Zenna, which is in the middle of nowhere there's no mobile reception no phone there wasn't there's no tv there's no radio there's no nothing there it was lovely and actually i was telling emma actually i kind of love spurs again a little bit you know i f- you forget the details being away from it yeah. <laughs> well because you didn't hear anything about them didn't hear anything about it then i got in the car yesterday and i put the radio on and literally it went and over to Spurs, Bournemouth have scored. They've won the game in the last minute. And I just had anxiety. We went to get chips and I was just miserable with my kids the whole time. Like they were just playing in the park and I was just sulking. But honestly, it, it ruins. It ruined my weekend. Um, yeah. Because I was so hopeful after New, the Newcastle slip up. So hopeful. And they just ruined it. And I texted you, I called them a bunch of fucking cowards. Because it, it just yeah. drives me insane. But we're three points beyond Newcastle, who have a game in hand on us now. And Man United got a game in hand; they're six points ahead. So we—I don't think we're catching Man United. And if they beat us, we're definitely not catching us. Do we think fourth is gone? Yeah, they're not good enough. They're not good. I mean, if they look—they might go beat Newcastle and Man United and get a draw at Anfield. They might go and do that. Of course, like it's been such a ridiculous season. You never know, right? And that's why the game's so amazing. But they're not better than those, those, those Newcastle, United, at the moment, Villa. They're better than us. They've got better yeah. players. They're a better team. They're better than us. That's the problem. Isn't it? I, I, I don't think we can catch United. I think they're too far. Six points in front, they've got a game in hand. Even if we beat them, like there's still three points in front of us with a game in hand. I don't think we'll catch them. I think we can catch Newcastle, but we have we have to go there and win next week. If we went there and beat them, then you level on points with them. They've got a game at you, you know, with seven games to go, you've got a chance of that. Newcastle still do have to play Arsenal, to like that's a that's a tough yeah. game. Newcastle so got could double catch... our goal difference. Sorry, mate, they've got double our right. goal difference at the moment. Yeah. They are plus twenty-four. We are plus twelve. Uh, so that is a big difference. Yeah. So uh, so I think we could catch Newcastle. We could we could finish fourth. Do I think we? I don't think. I think we'll go to Newcastle next week and get beat. To be totally honest with you, um, and if in, if that if that happens, if that happens, we're six points behind both Newcastle and Man United, and they've both got a game in hand with seven games to go. That's quite a lot to make up. You know, you need them. You need one of those teams to lose three out of their last seven, and it's like it's probably unlike. And, and then assume we're going to do it. Also, I, I do think a lot of it rests on how we do at St James's next week. If we go there and win, it's on. Anything less than that, uh, I think it's very, very unlikely. I mean, Villa are only three points behind us. You know, we could end up six. Brighton got two games in hand, yeah. And they're only four points behind us. And even Liverpool, they're they're nine points back with two games in hand, but we've got to play them. So, like, if if Liverpool. They are dreadful, though. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll turn it on when we go to Anfield. You know, they will. will. We will lose to a Salah goal. Yeah, well, that's, I, I can't see us getting anything. But I just, I, I just, as I said earlier, I, I just think, I think Brighton, uh, and Villa and Newcastle are better than us. Frankly, uh, and I don't, yes. think, I don't think we deserve it. And, and I think that, um, I mean, look, you never know, right? We could go up there and they could Newcastle could hit the bar three times, and Harry Kane and some just produce a little bit of magic, and you never know. Like it's happened plenty of times before. But 
I just think that I, I think they're done looking at ne- ne- next later. week's do next week's do or die in it. If, I mean, if you go there and get beat, it's absolute curtains. But it's it's a it's a must win game. But I just I don't see how maybe playing away next week. Maybe it's better we're away at Newcastle than we than if we had them at home. To be totally honest with you, because the, the home atmosphere is not good. Because no I one just, is driving all the way up there to boo our own team no. and be miserable. I just I just question has that team got enough in it to pick them because they've got to pick themselves up. The manager's not going to do it. They've got to pick themselves up and and you know find a way to beat Newcastle. And have they got that within themselves given how low their confidence is and how crap it must be at the minute? I don't think so. It'll be the same eleven, unless Longley's yeah. injured, in which case he's either going to have to play Sanchez or Tanganga at the back, which yeah. doesn't fill me with warmth, or they're going to have to play four at the back, which they've done twice all season. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so. I be, it, it, it would just, it would surprise me. But when you've got Harry Kane in your team, yeah, you've always, you've always got a chance. But ultimately, in all of these away games, you've got to go and defend well, and. We can't really do that. We've conceded yeah, 40, 45 goals in 31 games we've conceded. 45 goals. Which There's is only about three teams that have got a worse record than that in the league, isn't there? I haven't got the same it, in front of me. It's only it's only one fewer than Everton. Everton is 17th. So, I mean, West Ham have conceded fewer. I think if you take Kane out of that team, though, we are Everton, aren't we, this season? It's a worry. It's a horrible thought. Yeah, it's not great. Not a great place to be. So who knows? Who knows, who knows? next week? Who knows? Who no knows? Um, Chelsea. Can we just talk about Chelsea? Chelsea are the Chelsea and then Arsenal bottling it because it. They, I, I've been saying all season they'll bottle it and their their team is too, Jack's pulling that face. Don't Still say Still a long now. way to go. Still Mate, a long way to go. They lose to City. They will lose to City at the Emirates. And well, it's at the Etihad, isn't it? It's yeah. that City. Sorry, but, that's what I meant. They're all the yeah. yeah. They will lose their Saka won't turn up because he doesn't turn up for big games. I still don't get no. it. And no. they're knackered. It. They are exhausted. They haven't got the bench. They're done. This this was always going to happen. They were what nine points. They they're going to finish second in a one horse race. I can't, I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for it. There's but still Chelsea, a long way to go. There's Chelsea still have got three way. players for every position. They've got a hundred million pound striker who they know because they've had him before out on loan, who's, te- well, he's not doing so well this season, and they are 39 points, they've, they've won 10 games out of 31, 10 games out of 31, it's absolutely brilliant. It's Three. incredible, isn't it, Chelsea, the Chelsea thing this season is just like, what's going on? What has happened, like, they can't, I can't score, can't can understand I? it, yeah, no, they can't, they've scored they just, 30 they goals. Score. They can't score, and so the confidence has gone for the team, I'll tell you what though, I think they're close, if they go by a strike, I do. If they, if they go by a strike, of all of them, of us and Liverpool and everyone that's massively underachieved this year, Chelsea going in the transfer market, buy a really good striker, they buy, buy that David from Lille or whatever, and they buy a really good striker that's going to get 25 goals from next year and they'll finish top three. So I think, I think got, they're close. They've got, they've got the third best defence in the league. I think they're really close. I really do. I'm sorry to say it. I thought they played great against us. They couldn't score. I think they've been playing great. I just, I mean, the Lampard thing's weird. I don't get it. But they need a striker. But as soon as they get him, they'll, I think they're going to fly. I think, I think that thing. was just a PR thing. I mean, Mudrick now has um, got two assists and he's their joint highest assist. I saw that. That was amazing. 
What a stat that is. Oh, God. What a stat. I'll tell you what, if they had Harry Kane playing up front for him next season, they'd Dumb. be absolutely deadly. Dumb. As soon as they, they get a good striker, they're off. Well, they've got a bummy yang there who's meant to be half decent. Wasn't that... They've got Nkunku coming, haven't they, Nkunku. from Leipzig? Yeah, it was meant to be the next thing. But it sounds like Mason Mount's going to go, though, which I think is a big, big loss for them. I would love him. That would be... Oh, I would mean, we'd, we'd, we'd never get him, no, but that that would be... Oh, that'd be brilliant. That would be top class. Right. Score prediction for Newcastle. 2-1 Tottenham. Rob? 2, two came penalties. 1-0 Tottenham. I'm going two one Tottenham. Eighty eighth minute. You've got to come. We have to back them, don't we? You know what? Yeah. What? What? You'll be amazing. Late winner, Davinson Sanchez. How amazing oh, would that be? And I'd love it. You just swore, give two fingers up to the Spurs fans. Or did did they um the Van der Vaart shushing uh celebration that after the penalty that he did still the best celebration I ever saw at Tottenham. That one. We could we're do definitely all thinking. We're definitely all going with our uh, with our hearts for this we one. We can anyway. do it. We can do it out there. Trippier free got, kick. We've got, got one down. Yeah, there you go. We, we, we got we got smashed, didn't we, a couple of years ago? Uh, the last got, day of the our, season. Our record's not that bad up there. But wasn't that the game that made us finish third when we were winning yeah. the league? Yeah. Didn't we beat Leicester like 6-0 on the last day of the season, the season yeah. after they won the league? It was 7-1, wasn't it? Didn't we beat... 7-1. Was it, was it, and we beat them 7-1 and Hull 6-1. Kane yeah, went yeah. on a rampage, didn't he, and won the golden boot. He got five goals in the last two games or something. And that was when he was did his... Wasn't that where he got nine hat-tricks in a year or something? Yeah, but that insane. was that year. Just, I just want a bit of that. Just some goals. All right. I think we'll we'll beat Newcastle. We'll speak next Sunday. And we'll, everything will be Top good again. Beyond. Top four beyond. Stellini in. Mate, we could even finish above Arsenal. It's still technically possible. Mind the gap. <laughs> oh, God. Well, gents, thank you. Um, it's always good. But it hasn't been that different, really, is it, from the last five years? It's just, no. it's just As you said, it's all been a complete waste of time. <laughs> it's a complete waste of time. I love we, that. I love that. <laughs> You got your uh, you got your name for this week's episode anyway. What a waste, a waste of time! Of time. <laughs> <laughs> a total waste of time. If I'm looking at Rob, who spent like ten grand on season tickets in that. Time. No, no, no. In that time, yeah. In the last yeah. five years, I have ten thousand pounds on season tickets. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, I would have done the same if I if I didn't get rid of it. <sighs> yeah, you well, timed it perfectly, ASD. Really. I really did. Didn't you? You went I, out on a high, you know? I did go out on a high. I had posh seats as well then. That was good. Good news is, though, around the uh, advertising boardings, I actually saw it in the game chat, that, that Formula One will be open in June. So mm. be, that's, that, that's worth going to see. Looking forward to that. Well, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm, You know, I like a bit of my Formula One. Mm. Mm. So you go karts around the car park underneath. Do, do a spin-off podcast on it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. To, dare, to dare is to drive. There you go. Without a hint of irony, it said, we will be first on the grid oh in, the, in the ad. 
<laughs> that's that's probably what got him his half a million pound pay rise, mm. like that that thing. Mm. Scott Munn, the... he's the he's the new he's the man, isn't he? Well, whoever he the, is. The, Re- the Wrexham drama. Do you see that? Yeah. What a story that is. That is great. great. Proper drama. And there's a bit of me that's quite happy that there's a couple of Americans who didn't know anything about football who were getting to understand what the drama of football is like. And then I was watching it and I was I watched the Ben Foster cycling goalie. Um you should watch it. His thing on his vlog on YouTube. It's really genuinely very good. And then I go, I just want a bit of that at Spurs, you know, like you can get it at any level of football. It's it's not that hard. I, I don't have many happy memories of this season at all. I can't really think like I don't literally, have it. I don't have any Leicester game Champions League final if I'm totally honest with you there are not many moments where I'm like that was amazing which even beating Chelsea 2-0 doesn't feel as happy as it that doesn't even feel like it was this season to be honest didn't feel like it ever happened because it doesn't feel like it was a few seasons ago it just doesn't feel like it someone on put on Twitter an image of the Conte Tuchel handshake and they were like this that was this season season it's like was it like that feels that feels about if you said to me that's two years ago I'd be like yeah that seems about right that feels like two dads who crossed the line at the same time at the parents like school sports <laughs> day and were arguing about it and you're like guys doesn't matter you know just grow Very up true. a stepdad and a dad turning up at the same for the same <laughs> kid that's how it feels <laughs> yeah. oh god why is knocking on the head um, gents thank you very much Robert Jack thank you don't forget I'm not sure, I'm sure we should say it. The future's bright. The future's bright. The future's bright. The future. I don't even say it. Thanks, gents. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football. And I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well... They're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, 
Daring to risk, daring to dream, to dare is to do.